again, listeners. Welcome to another footnote episode of the Fantasy Animation Podcast. I'm Alex Sargent. And I'm Chris. If I wasn't hyper-real, I'm now photo-real holiday. Right. So what's that mean? Well, so you, before we were kind of coming up with the order, you said you want this to be a sequel to a previous footnote. And yes, we just done a previous footnote on um, hyper-realism. So this term that's very specific to the Disney studio, certainly in the way that I've understood the term, though it has other, other um, um, relationships to art and painting and, and sculpture. Photorealism. So I feel like this is also a term that we've we've talked about yep. in our on our travels and stuff. Um, so photorealism. So the photorealism is often considered well, certainly again in the way I've understood it as a sort of almost digital phenomenon, um, whereby uh, digital technology is not made, or it's a style of let's say it's a, a style of painting or a style of art, but I've encountered it through through animation, uh, computer animated feature films, whereby. Um, Computer animation is not designed to look like the real world. It's designed to look like uh, the world as mediated by a camera um, or what we would call kind of lens-based media. So the world of WALL-E is a good example. You watch the film WALL-E and, it, and yes, it's, it's, uh, it has realistic images, but it also has things like lens flare and it has intriguing shifts with depths of focus. Stuff is not in focus in the background. Wally is a foreground character, is, is in focus. Um, and suddenly you realise that the film is not trying to replicate the real world. It's trying to replicate the world as if mediated through a camera or, if me, or, or as if mediated through a lens. Now, this goes under many other names. When digital technology first was being used in the Pixar shorts, Andrew Darley called it second-order realism, so not realism but trying to, it's computers trying to copy the realism of another media. So it's trying to copy the, the realism of a photograph or lens-based media or photography. Um, and his confusion is like, yeah, but it's sort of his object animation, but it's also, I'm getting lens flare where light comes in and bounces off of the light and it's a flaw in live action film. But actually in computer animation, it's a kind of marker of, of um, authenticity. So he calls it second-order realism, uh, but it's since sort of been known or come to be known as photorealism. So there are a number of scholars from Lisa Peirce to William Brown talking about photorealism. It's, it's not the real world, but it's computers being made, or digital technology, computer animation being made to look like another media. Um, okay, so why is this different from hyperrealism? And the reason I'm going to ask you this <coughs> is because... We talked a lot in that episode about the move from Disney in the 30s to the 40s, the move from the kind of silly symphonies, yeah. Mickey Mouse cutting off his own arm and tying it into a bow kind of stuff to the realism of Snow White. But a lot of that is to do with simulating the camera, right? There's things like the multi-plane <coughs> camera that allows animation to kind of pan in, zoom in and all this sort of stuff. So... What's the difference between Okay, the so the difference things? is that photorealism is deliberately trying to, in other media, whether it is painting, drawing, or computer animation, trying to make, um, trying to make the images replicate a photograph, photorealism. So the properties of a photograph. So mm -hmm. in computer animated feature films, they included virtual camera that has some of the properties of a real kind of camera apparatus so you can play with the aperture you can play with light coming in you can play with lenses and that creates the illusion of a, f a photographed that the animated character is pro-filmic in front of the camera and being photographed and so how's that different to moving zooming in on the old mill in um a disney show? well so the, the the first bit about how is it different from hyper realism i mean i would say that the 
it's, it's different from the old mill in that there's actually a camera that's moving through, so it's not replicating the, the properties no, of a camera. No, but I assume that that zoom is meant to imply that there is a thing to zoom in on that has depth and... Well, well, actually, the illusion is that there isn't, any, there is no depth. Right? Yeah. Well, I, I suppose photorealism is is something that is intended to replicate the properties of a, of a photograph and a camera in 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 a way where there isn't a camera apparatus. In fact, in the case of drawing, there's no camera at all. You are just copying. A, you're looking at a photograph and you're trying to copy and and okay. paint a fo- paint a painting so it looks like a photograph. Um, and that might be playing with focus and playing with things, playing, playing with the, the illusion of a lens. In the case of the multiplying camera, very famously, it is actually a camera and it is planes of action. Um, and a camera moves through a three-dimensional space. Just to go to your point about hyperrealism, hyperrealism is, is I think, a bigger category uh, in the arts than photorealism because it's not about replicating a photograph in particular. It's about creating a sculpture that looks like Madame Two Swords. Yeah. It's hyper-real. It's not trying to replicate the properties okay. of a camera or a photograph. It's hyper-real in the sense of, of this kind of looks like a real person. Theme parks have been understood as hyper-real. Simulations, you know, both are writing about simulation. and simula- We walk through a, a theme park and this feels like an actual stone wall. Oh, no, it's not. It's fiberglass and... So, so hyper-realism yeah. is a genre of art whereby one thing is trying to kind of look like another... A sculpture looking like a real cow or a real person with paws on their face, a Madame Two Swords. However, photorealism has often been understood as a way in which digital technology and the computer doesn't look like anything. It looks like binary code and numbers and wireframe. The digital can can make itself look like other media. And part of that is a, an adoption of a photoreal aesthetic that is mimicking the properties. But crucially, I think the aesthetics of, a, of lens-based media. Okay, right. So that, okay, fine. So <laughs> it seems to me with all these terms, it's always about describing things that aren't uh, art, right? It's, it's, it's always about art, isn't it? So because we often use the word realism kind of uncritically to mean, I don't know, you know, something that feels realistic, but it's almost like, it's almost like there's a Derridarian or a, or a kind of... A, maybe not less, a less, a less fancy way of putting it, um, a, a contrarian nature to that definition which is that something can't be realist can't something can't have an equality of realism if it's just in the world it can only be realistic if there's something about it that means it will never be realistic it has to be something it has to be a representation of real life yeah before we even before we can just start start talking about these things yeah so all these terms seem to be ways of talking about how art i use the word all the time you know that that performs a rhetoric that gets us back to the real world. Yes, and actually that's it, that realism is, and, and this is maybe goes, this goes back to, to what I was saying about realism as a set of conventions that sort of changes over time, that realism is often an effect, or, or in animation it's, it's rhetorical because it it's, comes out of the, con, the artificial construction of, of something. So um, animation as a rhetorical medium um, is... Is is supposed to connote that the artificially artificiality of the medium is intended to is something that we should acknowledge as part of the construction of of realism. So we get terms like photorealism, um, 
second order realism to describe animation's ability to do, to do the work of mimesis, to do the work of replication, reproduction. That realism is always rhetorical, is, is as much rhetorical in live action film as it is in animation. Both are fiction films, but their rhetoric to produce realism is slightly different. One actually has a camera, one does not have a camera, but replicates it through other technology and by other means. Which is why we often use all these terms. Like, I just it can be quite bedazzling um, to hear all these different terms. But essentially, what the terms, the point of them all is to try to articulate all the different ways in which something can pertain to the real. Because actually, once you start unpacking these things, you realise that one type of realism isn't the same another type of realism the realism in Wally is very different to the realism in Snow White um, and yeah. these terms are useful as ways of of articulating that difference yeah and actually the, the reason that these terms I think are, are sort of a, a, a digital phenomena is that you have one of the first people to I mean you have Andrew Darley calling these things second order realism but Jay Bolter and Richard Grusin talk about remediation the ability of new media technologies mm. to simulate or remediate older media in the kind of pursuit of standards of, of realism Darley calls it second order realism um, and he calls in relation to the Pixar shorts um, computer animation's ability to produce old ways of seeing or representing by other means so it's really about these terms are about the aptitude of animation and, it, and in this case computer generated imagery um, to sort of recall the past, to re to recall analog cinema, to reproduce the qualities of analog cinema, of lens-based media, um, rework it and make it available to new forms of, of kind of digital imagery, really. So that's photorealism is about cinema's ability to be codified into a set of visual properties and then replicated it in another medium. Yeah, okay, interesting. And you've mentioned quite a few names, but could you just, for those that sake of listeners, what's your quick bibliography? Okay. Always, or if you're going to do in-text citation, Chris, you now need to give your list of sources at the end of the piece. Sure, okay, so I would say probably that, yeah, the foundational work is is uh, Jay Bolter and Richard Grusin's book from 2000, Remediation, Understanding New Media. Um, and I would probably add to that because it's very specific to, he wrote it in the 90s and then republished it again, again the same year, two. 2000, Andrew Darley's book, Visual Culture, uh, Visual Digital Culture, sorry, Surface Play and Spectacle and New Media Genres. Um, both of the books, as I said, published in the year 2000, but are both kind of going, so how do we talk about digital technology then? And it's aesthetic qualities and priorities and capabilities. And it's interesting that they, they in different ways, one talks of remediation, one talks of second order realism. They have both been collapsed under a broader category of photorealism. So Darley and Bolter and Grusin. Awesome. If you'd like to um, submit a footnote episode, you can do it at fananim research. That's F-A-N-A-N-I-M research at gmail.com. But you can also use that handle to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Chris, thank you very much for explaining all that. I think that was worth unpacking. Um, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.